This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going right on into Romans chapter 5, part 2. And what an amazing chapter that we're breaking down. I mean, this letter, the, the, the letter to the church at Rome, it is such an amazing letter that Paul has written. And as I stated in the first podcast when we started the book of Romans, I've never studied this letter before, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I love to be able to study it with you and to break it down with you. And I hope that you are challenged and encouraged by this study of the book of Romans. <clears throat> Paul is making it very clear that our confidence should not come from anything that we have done, not our works at all, or anything that we will do in the future but that our confidence should come through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. And our faith in Jesus, it, Paul says, that it should give us peace. It should give us confidence. It should bring us joy because we are on our way to heaven where we will spend eternity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And not only is that future tense, but Paul says, and as we learned in the last podcast at the beginning of Romans chapter 5, Paul says we are standing in these promises right now. And so what I want to do is get right back into the verses that we covered in the last podcast for some context as we go in, go in a little deeper here into uh, Romans chapter 5. Paul says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried in a tomb for three days, and he was resurrected. He come out alive on that third day. And we have faith in Christ. Therefore, since we have faith in Christ, Paul says, we have peace with God. That's awesome. Not because of anything that we've done. He's talking to some Jews. He's saying, not because you're Jews, not because of the works, not because of the, the, the covenant that Abraham and God made together, not because of the law, not because of your works, but because of the faith that you have in Christ Jesus. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We talked about that in the last podcast. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. We talked about that. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And here's where we left off. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, Paul says, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. 
For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. That should bring all kinds of confidence and joy. So in verse 11, Paul says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Now I want to read verses 6 through 11 again. And I'm going to talk about these verses as we go through it because it's just, it's just that good. Verse 6, Paul starts off, When we were utterly helpless... I mean, there was absolutely not one single thing that we could do to help ourselves. We could not fix the situation. The situation because, and this is really hard for people to admit, but especially us men. Because we want to think in our minds that we can fix anything. If we try hard enough, if we do this, if we do that, if we don't do this, if we don't do that, we can fix anything any situation anything that is going wrong we think we can fix it and Paul says there was that we were utterly helpless there was nothing that we could do to save ourselves no matter how many works that we do no matter how many animal sacrifices that were made before Jesus died on the cross you could add up you could pull up the all the blood from all those millions of sacrifices that were made and it would never wash away one sin it only covered sin and you could take the blood of Jesus and just one drop of the blood of Jesus washes away every sin god says he 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 doesn't remember it from as far. He, he removes the sin as far as the east is from the west and if you're going east to west you're always going east to west it, 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 in other words, God's saying, I don't remember them against you anymore. I don't hold, because of the blood of Jesus, he does not hold our sin against us. Why? Because he's looking at us through the blood of his son that he shed on Calvary's cross. And, and our sins are forgiven and, and Jesus has paid our, our sin penalty, our debt that we owe we don't deserve it, but through God's grace and mercy, we talked about that in the last podcast, He gives it to us. He washes our sins and makes us whiter than snow, and we get to go before the throne of God, and we're going to be spending eternity with God in heaven, all because of what Jesus did when we were utterly helpless. Paul makes it clear there was nothing we could do to save ourselves. It's all through what Jesus has already done for us, not circumcision, no, not works of not following the law. No matter how hard we try, and no matter how much we do, we cannot save ourselves. We need a savior, and Paul says we have one. His name is Jesus. When we were utterly helpless, Christ, Jesus Christ, came at just the right time and died for us sinners. So Paul already established in Romans chapter 3 that everyone is a sinner, right? Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Paul has already established in Romans 3 that everyone is a sinner, therefore everyone needs a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus because Jesus has died for us. He was the once and for all sacrifice. He is our Passover lamb, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And this reminds me of a conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples in John 15, 9 through 14, when he tells his disciples this. He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. 
Remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus showed his love for us, us sinners, by laying his life down willingly and dying on the cross for the penalty of our sin. We used to sing a song back when I started playing drums in the Assemblies of God. I was about 19 years old. I can't remember how exactly how it goes. We owe a debt we cannot pay. Dun, dun. I shouldn't even brought it up because I can't remember the words. But it talks about how we owe a debt. We can never repay because Jesus has paid it all for us. And we talked about that grace and mercy. Now, Paul goes on to say in verse 7, he says, Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us. How did God show his great love for us? By sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What did John write in his gospel in John chapter 3 verses 16 through 21? He says, This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. It's one of the most, probably the most quoted verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. But John writes more to it than that. It says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. I'm talking about believes in Jesus. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world because Jesus said, I am the light of the world, John 8, 12. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Paul says God did this. God sent his son to die on a cross for our sins to satisfy the wrath of God while we were still Sinners, not, not when we got our lives together. No, while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God. We were, Paul says we were enemies to God because we have not been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ yet. We were a bunch of filthy, rotten, stinky sinners. And that's when Jesus died for us. Not when we got our lives together. Not when we've got everything figured out. Not when we were circumcised. Not when we obeyed the law. Not when we did enough works to earn the salvation because we can't do that. No, God sent Jesus to die for our sin while we were still in sin. While we were helpless and while we had no way out. God literally rescued us from the pit of sin and from the pit of hell by allowing his own son to die on the cross in our place he paid a debt that we owe and we can never repay one of the, what, the way i put it in my notes is this is we were out in this big old ocean 
I just got back from the ocean. And I, I wrote these notes before I ever went to the ocean. But we were out in this big old ocean, drowning in these monstrous waves, swimming helplessly, trying to survive. And God showed up in a boat or a helicopter, and he throws out the lifeline, which is Jesus, and he grabbed us and pulls us to safety, kind of like those rescue helicopters. You know, they drop the line down, and they the, the person that's been struggling in the water, they, they grab a hold of it, and they strap them to it, and they pull them up on that line back up into the helicopter, and the helicopter just takes off. And they have rescued the people from the situation where they, they were utterly helpless. They could not help themselves. They were about to die. They were knocking on death's door until that rescue helicopter, that rescue boat showed up and threw, and threw out the lifeline. And they took it, grabbed a hold of it, strapped themselves to it. And that lifeline pulled them up to safety and took them to a place of safety. That's exactly what Jesus has done for us. Paul says, while we were utterly helpless, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies to God, Christ died for us. That's love right there. That's unconditional love. That's agape love. Colossians 1, 11 through 14. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And we talked about that in the last podcast about uh, developing endurance through trials and, and storms and hard times that come into our lives. They, they, it helps us to develop endurance if we just hold the hand of Jesus and keep walking with him. So Paul says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. It's kind of like uh, you go put the money in the machine that's got the claw and, and you move that claw around and you find that stuffed animal that you like and then you drop the claw and it grabs that stuffed animal and it brings it up and then it brings it over here to this hole and it drops it in the hole and you get to go home with your stuffed animal. That's what Paul is saying here. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He, he That claw came down, picked us up out of the kingdom of darkness and he has transferred us to that hole and into the, that light, into his kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son, because Jesus purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Jesus is the answer. No matter what you are facing today, no matter what kind of trials and tribulations you are going through, no matter what storms have come your way, if you're in the middle of a storm or if that storm is just approaching, the lifeline is Jesus and he wants to rescue you. You got to let him save you. You got to let him save you. And it's by faith in Christ. We are utterly helpless without Christ. And when we were utterly helpless and, and trying to save ourselves in a pit of sin, Jesus reached down, grabbed us, and brought us to a place of safety if we put our faith and our trust in him. And Paul says in verse 9, And since we have been made right in God's sight, by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. I want to read that again. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Paul absolutely, 100%, leaves no doubt 
as to how we are saved. When he says we are made right in God's eyes, and it's not by anything that we have done. It's not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the blood of God's own Son, Jesus, that we are saved. That's it. There's no other way to be saved. There's not enough animals, like I said a while ago, on this planet to sacrifice that can wash away our sin. Jesus, our Passover lamb, had to shed his own blood, go through so, go through so much torture and, and torment and pain before the cross and on the cross. He hung on that thing for six hours trying to breathe. And he willingly did this. I mean, Isaiah 52 says that he was beaten beyond recognition. You wouldn't even realize he was a man. When he, before he ever went to the cross, when those Roman soldiers beat him and then they nailed him to the cross and he hung up there for six hours trying to breathe. And he did this willingly just so you and I could have the opportunity to be saved, to be filled with God's Spirit and to be with Jesus and God the Father and God the Holy Spirit in heaven for eternity. That, my friend. That is pure love. That is unconditional love. That is agape love. That God would do such a thing for us, us helpless sinners. And this salvation in Jesus, Paul says, it's certain. It will happen. Which is why Paul says that we should have peace, we should have confidence, and we should have joy because of Jesus. Then he says in verse 10, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now, for something to be restored means there had to be an existence before. Whatever that thing that is being restored, it had to exist before. And Paul says at one time, man, man had a friendship with God that was absolutely pure. Well, when would that have been? Well, it was in the Garden of Eden before sin entered into man's life. Before the serpent came and tempted Eve by telling her that she could be just like God and know both good and evil. Eve and Adam, they already had this perfect relationship with God and they didn't even realize it. I mean, they, they had perfect communion with God. He came down and walked with them and talked with them all the time. It was a perfect relationship, but Eve was duped by the serpent, the devil. He tricked her, saying, you could be like God, you could know both good and evil, and she took that fruit and took a bite of it, and she passed it to Adam, and Adam ate of the fruit as well. And God shows up one day to fellowship with them just like he's done in times past, but this time something was different. They were hiding from God, meaning fear now. Not just sin, but fear has entered into their lives. They've been in the presence of God, no telling how long and how many times, and they were never afraid. But now that sin has entered in, so has fear. And fear is one of the enemy's greatest tools. Because God doesn't give a spirit of fear. But Adam and Eve, they were hiding because they feared God because they knew they had messed up. They knew that they had done exactly what God said not to do. Don't eat of the fruit of that tree. And guess what they did? They ate of the fruit of the tree. They have sinned. And now that sin has entered in, so has fear. But even back then, 
way back in Genesis in the fall of man, God showed his grace and his mercy by killing an animal and making a sacrifice on man's behalf, on Adam and Eve's behalf, and made them clothing to cover their shame. Now, just like we do today, Adam and Eve tried to take care of their sin themselves. They tried to cover up their shame and their nakedness by making some uh, coverings out of fig leaves, but it didn't work. God said there, there has to be the shedding of innocent blood to cover and to wash away sin and God made that sacrifice and he covered Adam and Eve's nakedness with that animal's skin and thousands of years later after millions of sacrifices made to cover sin Jesus lays down his life to be the once and for all sacrifice and Paul says he did it while we were still sinners while we were enemies of God and the sacrifice uh, that Jesus made reconciled us through the, his own blood. It reconciled us back to God. It made us friends again with God. It restored that relationship that Adam and Eve once had with God that was messed up because of sin through Jesus, the second Adam. That relationship has been restored. All because of the shedding of his own blood. Jesus' blood that he shed on the cross, it has made us friends again with God. And our relationship has been restored back to the original way it was when God created man. But only, only if we put our faith in Jesus. Verse 11, Paul says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So let me ask a few questions as we end today's podcast. Do you rejoice? Do you have joy in your life? Joy, rejoice, it's a very similar word. Paul uses it many times in the book of Philippians. Do you rejoice? Do you have a relationship with God that Paul is talking about here in the book of Romans? Are you a friend of God or not? If you're not a friend of God, you are an enemy of God. You have not been restored. That relationship is still separated. You don't have a relationship without, with God without the blood of Jesus Christ washing away your sins. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you could put your faith in Jesus and live for Him starting right now, starting today. If you've already done that, then... Go tell somebody that hasn't made that decision. I guarantee you've got friends and family that you know have never put their faith in Jesus Christ. And you have the opportunity to share Jesus with them. Go and tell them this great news that they too can have peace in Jesus, confidence in Jesus, joy in Jesus, knowing that their sins are washed away and that they've been made friends again with God through the blood of Jesus. If I can help you in any way to lead you to Christ, answer any questions you have about Jesus, about the church, about the, the Word of God, the Bible, anything that I can help you with, please contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text me at the phone number that I leave at the in the outro of this podcast. Um, and if I can pray for you, I can help you in any way. If you're not local, I will find somebody in your area 
that will help you with any questions that you have, any doubts you have, or any prayer needs that you have. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. We're going to finish Romans chapter 5 in the next podcast. Talk to you then. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.